Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. On the record with White House correspondent April Ryan. Well, today I'm so pleased to have a friend with me for On the Record with April Ryan. His name happens to be Michael Steele. You remember him. He's that guy. <laughs> He's that guy who used to be the lieutenant governor of Maryland. And he also used to be the head of the Republican National Committee. Michael Steele, welcome to On the Record with April Ryan. It's always to go with me with my sister. Happy New Year. To Happy you. New Year to you, too. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, Michael Steele. So... I was out of Washington, thank God, for those nine minutes. For those nine minutes. Away, she escaped. I escaped, but I'm back. <laughs> they brought me back. They caught me and brought me back. But um, no, here's the deal. So while I was in the NYC celebrating film, um, if Beale Street right. could talk, uh, Black Panther, uh, uh, a Star is Born, you know, um, right. also Green Book. I was at the table with, get this, I'm name dropping, Steven Spielberg, the Steven Spielberg, right? I know, I love him, I love him. Oh my, yeah. well, he apparently loves you because while, if Beale Street could talk, while Barry Jenkins was getting his award, it was, the president's speech was actually going on. And we were listening to him talk and we were looking through the feed of the president, what he was saying. And what was crazy was, and I'm going to get to, to get to your piece in a minute, what was crazy was um, Barry Jenkins, who adapted the screenplay from James Baldwin's book, If Bill right. Street Could Talk, he said, you know, if we did not have this person, we wouldn't have this movie. If we didn't have this person, we would, wouldn't have this movie. And it kept going and kept going. And, and people were clapping. And he was saying, you know, while I'm speaking, the president's talking about this. Well, who knew that this was what he was going to do this night? But either way, and then he used an expletive and then said Trump. And he said it a couple of times. And people were like, wow. And we were like watching the feed and listening to that. And your feed came up. Your Twitter feed came up. And you you used some expletives. You know, you, you used a word the rhymes with which slapped. I said, oh my God. And I showed it to Steven Spielberg. He said, oh my God, I just love him. I just love him. There's more, there's some, there's more anti-wall support out here than there is. And there, then there is support. And you as the former head of the Republican National Committee, for you to say that, that's strong. You know, it, it's, it's a frustration that's been mounting for a while. And, and a lot of it is born out of the fact that I think a lot of po- people still approach this president as we would approach and look at his predecessors, you know, and, 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 and you the can't. expectation. And you can't, because that's not who he is. That's not how he's thrown down since he's been uh, in office. And so, you know, you, I just say call it what it is. Um, he got his head handed to him by a conservative base after he negotiated the deal, sent his vice president to the Hill to sign off on that deal. They passed the bill that would have kept the federal government open. 
before Christmas, uh, and he got he got you know slapped upside his head. That's not what you said my, on Twitter. That's not what I said on Twitter, <laughs> but I want to be kind to your audience. <laughs> A word that uh, rhymes with which, but go ahead. He got, he got B-slapped upside his head <laughs> by by Rush Limbaugh and Laura Ingram, and he he folded like a cheap suit. Hmm. And, and so it, it, for me, I'm like, don't sit here. And, and what triggered it was when he started talking about well, the Democrats, you know, were for the wall until I got elected, right? And I was like, well, wait a minute. You were for the compromise before you got B-slapped. So the, the fact of the matter is just push back on his level of crazy and, and, and let people know that we're not stupid. We're not blind and we're not deaf to what's going on. This, this is a power grab. This all talk about an emergency is quintessential tail wagging dog there is no emergency at the border there is not there has not been for a while there there aren't um you know uh secret agents and and terrorists pouring over the border you know the these individuals these three thousand or so people are, are identified as special interest individuals that could be your cousin who has a name um that that pops up on a data list somewhere you know, that, that could be your neighbor uh, whose travel patterns, because of his business, get flagged. But they're not, they're not going to be hauled in front of a Homeland Security. <laughs> that's, not, that, that's not what's happening here. And I think the more we are aware of that and the more we are honest about that, um, the harder it's going to be for this man to ruin this country, in my view. The harder it's going to be for him to further destabilize the institutions that we need. April, we need a, a strong border, absolutely, but we need it to function properly. We don't need to create crises around the border um, and violate the appropriations rules, violate the constitutional principles that underline those those rules, um, so he can get his way. And and so I just I just had enough. I just had enough, and I, I think we all should just have enough of this um, and push back on crazy. So there well, you, go. you can't rationalize with crazy, though. That's the thing. You can't. You can't. And that's no, what Chuck Schumer can't. said. You can't rationalize. It's it, you cannot rationalize in his tweet. I mean, everybody's tweeting, saying stuff. Right. I mean, it's well, a, we're, we're tweeting in the in the medium that we know he's paying attention to. And, and so for him, again, this has all been reality TV scenarios and scenes that he's created. He's living, he's playing out a presidency in his mind, real time, all right? And we're all caught up in that. It, no, it, Americans it, are now pawns in this game. And I mean, yes. I, and I looked at it and let's just call it, call it what it is now. And Michael, as you know, you know, I am from Baltimore. I grew up not far from where the headquarters of the Social Security Administration happens to be. And guess what? That's a lot of federal workers who are, yeah. are not white. I mean, who are not working. And, you know, and the president has even said, oh, well, the people who are the federal workers that are affected are not my constituents. You're president of all America. So I think of all America. And, and even if, OK, let's say this, even if they were, they were Democrats, I'm 
thinking that he's thinking the states that have the most federal government workers like Maryland, D.C. and Virginia and California. So what? But you have every state and, and even American territories, U.S. territories that have federal workers. You are president of, of all America. And, you know, people don't people are not as necessary are not as much into Russia because it doesn't affect them. But when you say you're not getting your paycheck right after Christmas, after you robbed Peter to pay Paul and then you were looking for that cushion from a paycheck there within lies the problem well and, and on that point the president uh in a series of uh communications uh today um has indicated that oh uh, you know trust me i hear from federal workers you know social media is great and they tell me that you know yes this is tough yes we're having a hard time yes we're struggling to make ends meet but mr president damn it continue to do that Build that wall. They want me to do this. They want me to keep the government shut down until I build the wall. Now, okay, he may have one, two, or three people who will tweet that craziness to him. But I guarantee you for everyone that tweets, Mr. President, yes, make my life miserable. Um, cause me to go into default on my mortgage. Um, as long as you build the wall, there are 100 federal employees that are saying, Mr. President, stop this. Put us back to work. Pay us our money. I guarantee you that. The president can't even answer a simple question from a reporter as to whether or not he would sign legislation that would open the other agencies that are not impacted by Homeland Security and, quote, national security concerns. He won't even answer that. He's throwing back, well, would you open it? Would you open it? If you were in this job, would you open it? It's like, dude, I'm not the president. You are, moron, not me. I mean, stop it. I mean, this is the part that's so frustrating. You're sitting here and you're listening to this man take people's lives and twist them into political knots. To what end? It has nothing to do with party anymore. This isn't about, you know, whether you're Republican or Democrat. This is about... What's happening to Americans? What's happening to our neighbors, our family, our friends? Exactly. And we all all need to be concerned about that. 800,000 individuals who work for the federal government. Those, Those individuals have husbands, wives, sisters, moms and dads, brothers. But listen to this. But see, we, th- that number is not even real, to, to, to be honest with you. And when you talk about, and you just talk about people defaulting on their houses or, or on their mortgages, let's just say you can lose your house after the second payment that's missed, you will be foreclosed on. You will lose your house. What about people who are married and, and, and maybe who are both federal workers? What about people who um, are single? What about people who, I mean, it, it, everyone lives according to what they're paid, period. Okay. Or maybe. Maybe we, we, we overspend, but still you are supposed to be paid for what you work for your work. Now, right. this right. is the thing we are seeing things where the FD let's, let's, let's get real with this because I have a heart for people. You know, I, I went to church Sunday and they were talking about, you know, filling up the food pantry. There are going to be people knocking on church doors. Please help us. You know, of course. yes, of course, because they cannot make those in meet ends meet right after Christmas. And you, again, yeah. I said that before, and, and this is the thing that bothers me when people are used as pawns for something. And yeah, I said it, it does, this, this does not add up. It just doesn't add up. So anyway, we saw that, that a young child needs something by the FDA, uh, some medicine from the FDA and he could die 
And I mean, it's real like that. And, and it's not, that's not about a check. The FDA, the, the government function is not functioning for this family. That It could be right. life or death. Then let's go to those who have businesses that rely on people, people period with their paychecks. Businesses around these federal uh, government entities or people who support these places, if they lose out, you know, and then let's talk about now we're talking about hearing, oh, well, the IRS checks are going to go out, but the IRS workers are not going to get paid. That's what's crazy. Let's also talk about something, you know, I mean, it's just it boggles my mind. Then the people you have, you have welfare checks, you have so many different things there. This is beyond 800,000 people. This is beyond. And this this is now well, the Trump it, it, economy and it will cripple the economy. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, you know you're absolutely right. And on that on that last point, um, you know, you you talk about where SSA, the Social Security Administration is in Baltimore and you know that in that neighborhood are a number of businesses that rely on those Woodlawn, yes. Uh, for right. I mean for, you know, you know, dry cleaning and groceries and and, and you know, lunch meals and dinner meals. Uh so those businesses uh, are seeing a severe impact on their revenue mm-hmm. as the new year begins, as other things are happening in the economy that create some instability. So, yeah, business owners are now very nervous uh, because of, of the, the economic impact that they're beginning to feel and realize. Families certainly are. They're in the crosshairs. And the president sits there with his arms folded like a petulant little child talking about, well, this can go on for up to a year. Really? Really? You're going to shut the government down for up to a year because you're not getting your way? And this is the kicker for me. This is the kicker. And if people don't understand now what this is really about, this point has to be clarifying. As reported by you and others the last week or so, this whole idea of building a wall was a dumb mnemonic because the man couldn't remember to talk about immigration during the campaign. And that, so it created, sounds like a crazy story, but it's true. Word association. They made it up. Oh they God. made it up. It wasn't even, and he just, it, they made it up, April. This was not, this was not some deep-seated policy that, that, that Trump was vexing over. This was not some, some idea that he, he felt so profound about that, and so important because there was a, a genuine crisis at our border um, under the Obama administration that one way to deal with that was to build a secure wall for our country. No, this was to help him to remember to talk about immigration. And people are God teetering sake. on financial crisis because it's he amazing. couldn't because he could not remember immigration, so he remembered the word wall. Word association. That sounds like someone with a learning difference. But I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on. I'm, a, I'm gonna leave that one alone because I'm not diagnosing the president of the United States of America. But that is crazy. It, it, it's crazy. So anyway, people are gonna be so mad with me, but you. Know know what after when you report you report truth and you yeah. cannot ignore truth and and reporting and politics is about humanity people understanding what's going on and right now you know people are hurting and i'm just sorry i just i see people hurting and scared i mean when you walk into the white house and you have secret service talking about, we're not getting paid friday secret service the people yeah. who protect the white house the president yeah. their families yeah. and embassies they're not getting paid and do other services but here's the thing that's getting me today the president after he said when when the 
Manchuk issue happened in December um, in the Oval Office, the president said, yes, you know, I would be proud to carry the mantle uh, for the shutdown for the wall. Now he's saying, I didn't want this today in the Oval Office. I didn't want this. I didn't want this. So right. he's trying to back away, but he's st- it's almost like George Bush uh, read my lips, no new taxes. And when he changes his mind, it's sticking to him. He, 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 he grabbed onto it and they engaged and they've got it. It's, but, it's, they're together. They're twins. To be, but just to be clear about the difference between the read my lips, no new taxes and the subsequent capitulation by the president on that versus what Mexico will pay for the wall. Right. The pre- president Bush capitulated because the country was facing a genuine financial crisis called a recession, <laughs> and he and he had to deal with the with the economics of trying to get the the house the the Congress's uh, the country's rather revenue in order. So yeah, he made the tough political decision to go against his self interest, and it cost him to go against his self interest, right, mm-hmm. and paid a dear price for it. This president has been lying from day one about the fact that there is a crisis at our border. Uh, remember the tens of thousands of caravans that was were coming across our border right before the election? Well, remember the terrorists, the, too, the terrorists that were... And the terrorists yeah. and the fear-mongering uh, mm-hmm. associated with that. Have we used the word caravan since November uh, since no. the November election? And they backed off of terrorists. What is that crisis? Right. It and dissipated in the dust of, of the desert? What? And they've also backed off the word cri- uh, off, off the word terrorist. And it's interesting when when the reporters met uh with the vice president and the homeland security head uh as well as uh uh Jared Kushner. I asked the vice president and and secretary Nielsen. I said, "Look, you know, to qualify and quantify what has been said in the past about this terrorist thing, can you tell us, quantify and qualify how many people have you actually from the southern border uh, arrested and, and sent through the district court system who are terrorists? She said she had to get back to right. me. And yeah. that's significant. Uh, no, 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 that's significant because if you're going to say you have suspected terrorists, that's the process that happens if they are terrorists. You go through the district court system and they couldn't say. So they couldn't say. And then but when you call it out, you're a liar, you're unpatriotic and and and, and they sent you get death threats. But this is real and this is why we have to ask people, we implore people to use critical thinking. We don't want to call this what it is if it's not what it is. Right. Right. You know, right. Um, we're, we're, right. we're speaking the truth of what we're saying, unfortunately, from the highest office in the land. And some would call it the okie doke. Maybe not some. Yeah, let's call it the okie doke. There's an okie doke going on well, here. No there, no, there is a lot. I'll, I'll use the Muhammad Ali expression, the rope doke, because it really is. The president right now is is in a, a a boxing a political boxing stance in which he is just you know trying to tire out his opponents um with uh flagrant and unnecessary blows all right and and the fact of the matter is he's not landing anything and that's the problem the senate republicans now up to i believe five if not six senators Republican senators are saying, open the government, right? They're defecting so to the Democrat side, correct? 
Right, exactly. And so he's now, I mean, he even said today, there are Democrats who stand with him on building the wall. I was like, okay, name one. Please, name one Democrat who's come out and said, I stand with the president on building the wall. I mean, it is that kind of lying directly to the face of reporters and to the public that that basically goes unchallenged. I mean, I'm listening, watching this interview, and the reporter doesn't even say, wait, excuse me, could you name who that is? Because I like to talk to that Democrat. Who is it? You know if a reporter challenges the president, he will... Uh do things to make us look bad. He'll go against us, scream at us, call us out of our name. So, you know, reporters are trying to be very fair. Yeah, but, but the thing, I, I got that. But look at the chilling effect it's having on your ability to report. I mean, when you've got, you've got professional men and women, you know, that's a whole nother story. That's a whole that's a whole nother podcast. And you and look, you talking, you singing to the choir right here. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) what did he call me? (laughs) Can I just say this? We know where April Ryan has been. We we watched and witnessed the bullying, the the misogynistic responses, the 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 harassment. harassment and treatment we've seen that there aren't many of your colleagues who can stand in your shoes on that particular front line preach michael Steele. the problem i'm just saying that i'm not just saying that because we're friends and i've known you i've watched you professionally you i mean you will take on the tiger's tail you will grab it and you're like okay it's me and you baby let's do it all right (laughs) What are you saying? That's from they don't know she's from Baltimore. I hear you tell people that she's from Baltimore. <laughs> I tell I tell people all the time. That's what I that's what I tell about Nancy Pelosi. I'm like, y'all don't understand. She's from Baltimore. That's right. She's not California. That's right. She's not San Francisco. She is Baltimore, Baltimore through and through. Uh, Little Italy, Baltimore. Right. There's something about a fighting spirit out of Baltimore. Though. I'm oh not joking. My God. <laughs> Tell me about it. Elijah Cummings, Kwaisian Fume, Jada Pinkett. I mean, we can name a lot of people. We can name a lot of them. And so the problem is, at a professional level, my sense is some, not not all yet, but some who are in critical positions have basically been beaten down to the point where they won't challenge the president when he sits there and goes, oh, yeah, there's... You know, the Democrats who support support building the wall. I'm like, wait a minute, who? Please tell me who. And and, and the fact of the matter is, he just says this stuff. He, he pulls it out of his behind, as my mama used to say. Oh, and, mama was and, right. And, and just throws it out there and moves on. But there are a lot of reporters that are afraid because of... A lot of reporters are afraid because... That office, the highest office in the land, sometimes people go in there and it's like kryptonite. They, they lose their sense of self. But, you know. Yeah, well, at, I've seen that. Yeah, right. But at the end of the day, 20, you know what? It's 22 years in this month for me. Four, he's the fourth president. My mother, you, you talk about your mama. I'm going to talk about mine, my late mother. She used to always say, it's not what they call you, but what you answer to. When you know solidly who you are and you have done nothing wrong, you can continue to ask. You know, that's right. Um, but, you know, it's about people. It's not about me. It's about the American public. And we are at a crisis level at every on every on every well, front today. That's the crisis. The crisis is not the border in the sense that the president is defining. You're absolutely right. The crisis is of the American uh, uh, spirit. It's the crisis that we have 
um, with our neighbors uh, who foreign who policy, have been, domestic right, policy, foreign, who, all of the all of these all of these uh, strains have been created, and these tensions have been created. Economic um, crisis know, he created. Fa- I mean, you've got family members who won't even talk to each other. You've got exactly you've got, friends you know, who've broken up uh, friendships. Yeah, over, over Donald Trump. Are but wait a minute. Like, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Amazing. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, and, and I gotta wrap this up because we could talk forever. But we are in. I'm gonna get you on my podcast. Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we we are in we are in a serious national security crisis that this president is now causing, because you when you hear a report about the TSA sicking out at Palm Springs and they're at the point that if it's so bad that they're going to tell people they're fired for not coming in, that airport is vulnerable. And think about the other airports. You know, we are in a national security crisis because he wants to just protect the, bo- the border, and which has I, no crisis just- like that. Can I just say, knowing Donald Trump personally and knowing uh, and watching his behavior in the last uh, two two years, it would not surprise me that in that twisted, secret little space in his head, having something happen furthers his narrative. Don't you say that. And I got to go. On that note, I, don't you do that, I'm Michael just, Steele. I'm just, I'm look. Why not? With this guy, you got to consider every possibility because that's how you avoid being shocked when it happens. Well, let me say this to you, and, and I'm going back. I'm going to name drop. Well, you just saying, but you, you, it's unfortunate, but you are probably right. But here's what I'm going to say, and I'm going to name drop for a minute, and I'm going to get off the phone because this person I just talked about, he loves you. He thinks you're amazing, especially after you said the B slap word. Uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg said he knew Donald Trump. You know, he said this Donald right. Trump compared to the one that he knew, two totally different people. That's exactly right. That's the one exactly. from the eighties is different from today. So what happened he's a in that? Thousand percent correct. He's yeah. a thousand percent correct. My experience with the man that I worked with is not the guy who's sitting in the Oval Office right now. And and that's that's probably the scariest part of all of this. Well, he, so. he, he, he was once a Democrat and now he's this new Republican. A Trumplican, as they call him. So it's it's like it's like you know it's like Trump on baby. It, it was like how Democrats felt about Bernie Sanders. He wasn't. A, they felt he wasn't a true Democrat. They didn't know where he was coming from. And now Republicans feel that Trump is not a true Republican, and they don't know where he's coming from. So right. yeah, right. wow. This is where we are, so, January twenty nineteen. Where we are. Happy New Year. There we go, baby. Happy New, happy, happy New Year! All right, Michael. I'll come on your right, podcast. You did mine. I'll give you. I'll grant the favor back. You got it. All thank right, you, Michael. Take, take care. care for. Right, thank bye-bye. you for joining me with April Ryan and On the Record. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.